Please turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. This is our foundational scripture for this overall series, The High Calling of God. And remember again that we're, the, the things that we're learning are to help us to rise above all the circumstances, to rise above the enemy called average. Amen. <laughs> okay. And we, we really need to be lights. Jesus said you are the light of the world. Where do you put lights? Underneath or on top? On top. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're smart, otherwise maybe that's the problem. <laughs> okay. But uh, we always put lights on top. And in Jesus himself said that you are a light that is on a hilltop. Amen? And you're, you're there to, to give light to others. And, you know, one of the ways that we can give light is by living our life in a way that inspires people and blesses them and allows them to see another way, a better way. Not by, by, by what we say, but by, by what we do. And then what we say will mean something. You know, somebody once said, you know, <laughs> people are straining to hear what you say over what you do. Because what you do speaks so loudly. And a lot of times, you know, parents are saying, I don't know why my kids are like this. I tell them all the time not to do this. And yet they do something else. And the kids just follow the parents. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Amen. Anyway, now we're getting to things that, okay. All right, Philippians chapter 3. Let's get on with this. <laughs> Once again, we're talking about the high calling of God, <clears throat> that we should be living a higher life. And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, the Apostle Paul says, this is how it works, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press, verse 14, I press toward the goal for the high prize of the upward or high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. It is a press. This, this isn't easy. Okay, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I get you guys to work because I want you to go from faith to faith, strength to strength, glory to glory. I don't want you stuck where you are. Right. Amen. And uh, once again, we're looking at resilience. <laughs> and remember again, the, the, the dictionary definition of resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It is toughness. It is also the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape. You have to stand at this door and knock because, you know, they won't let you in otherwise. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Sorry, whoever did that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Remember our foundation scripture for this is found in Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. Micah chapter 7 and verse 8. I pray that, you know, it is such a little verse. I pray that you just remember this verse. It says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. It says, don't get happy. He says, when I fall... I will arise. Doesn't matter what trips you up. Remember again that we, we looked at the fact that, you know, the reason that we need to get back up, the reason that we do fall is because we live in a fallen world. Amen? And we looked at all of this before, and so I don't want to go over it, but I'll just give you a quick recap. Um, remember Jesus said in John 10.10, for the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, which tells us there's a thief. Okay, you know, we need to acknowledge that half the church doesn't even know he exists. They only think it's God, and God does everything, and that's all there is to it. But if there is a thief, then there is something else. You have an adversary that is coming against you. Amen? 
And also, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.4, he calls Satan the god of this evil world, and then says in Ephesians 6, verses 11 and 12, put on the whole armor of God. Remember in verse 11, he says, not only put on the armor of God, but he says that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the schemes, the strategies, and the tricks of the devil. Amen. Amen. So that's all arrayed against you. Amen. And and he goes and identifies what the problem is, and he says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and so on and so forth, unseen forces. All right? But no matter how the devil may trick us or trip us up, I've said here again that whatever the case is, we must learn to be resilient. We need to say, as you know, Micah 7, 8 says, when I fall, I will arise. I also made the point that he said, when I fall, he didn't say if. Listen to me, (laughs) okay? I know you want to go through life without ever falling, but you will. I told you we live in a fallen world, and we're not perfect. (gasps) I know, right? It's a shocker, but but it's true. And we need to understand that because, you know, there are things working against us. There are going to come time when we fall. The thing is, if you never prepare for that, you will never have the resilience to say, I will arise. I need you to, to be that person that says, I'm not looking for a life you know, that I'll never fall, um, my, as far as I'm concerned, if and when I fall, I will get back up. Now, I'm going to keep working, and I'm going to see, this, your, your ethic is to get wherever you need to, you need to get to the other side. You need to do whatever you need to do, whatever it takes. Not outside of God, okay, <laughs> all right? I'm, I'm saying in God, that you will never allow the enemy to push you around, never allow the enemy to, to you know, get you to quit, do you understand? Amen. That's what needs to be the forefront of your thinking. I said here again, not will I arise, but I will arise. It's an act of will. One that chooses to never give up. And again, we looked at 2 Corinthians 2.14, where it, the Apostle Paul writes and says, Now thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Thanks be unto God, who always causes us to to triumph. God is on your side. God is doing everything he can to get you to win. And that's what you need to know. That's why you arise. Not to, not to fail again so you can succeed. It's your bat. It's your ball. <laughs> you play till you win. <laughs> okay? Just keep at it. Hallelujah. Uh, so, so once again, you need to know these things to live a re- resilient life. And no, you need to know that God wants you to triumph. Which, remember in the original text, now just reminding of all of these things, means to conquer, to have victory, and triumph over. Amen? But in order to experience this, we need to do, as the Apostle Paul says, in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. We looked at this before. I'm racing through it. Okay, I will slow down when I finish. Okay, all right. Where he says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be courageous, be strong. Hallelujah. It's an attitude, okay? It's an attitude. You, you need to have this on the inside of you. These words need to be just revolving on the inside. Hallelujah. Not I'm quitting. First chance I get. <laughs> okay? We, we, it really saddens me. A lot of people that came from the world, you know, they were gritty and they were, you know, tough. And they came to God and everybody said, you have to, you, you know, you have to surrender, brother. Surrender. 
You can't be strong like this. You got to surrender. You have to be weak. Noodle. <laughs> and, they, and then they wonder, I wonder why nothing gets done in the kingdom. Because you have a bunch of noodles. You know, listen to me, man. God wants strong people. God wants tough people. You see, you submit to God, but you resist the devil. Do you understand? Don't be a noodle to the devil. All right? You be pliable to God, but when the devil comes, you're a shield. You're a fortress. You do not move. If anybody moves, he moves. Amen. All right. Joshua 1.9, remember God said, have I not commanded you? This is all for us, family. Don't look at the Old Testament and think, well, that's the Old Testament. It's all for us. See, the Old Testament didn't get all the stuff the New Testament have. We get everything. We get Old Testament and New. Because if we are Abraham's seed, or if we, if, if we belong to Christ, then we are Abraham's seed. And heirs to all the promises. Amen. Hallelujah. So when it says, when God says to Joshua, he's saying to you, have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be of good courage. You do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you the whole time. He's never going to walk away from you. You, you. See, you'll never be resilient if you don't know that. The reason you get up, because you look behind and there's a very big God saying to you, get up. I've got your back, and I've got your front, and I've got every side. <laughs> okay? You just need to get back up. Amen? When I fall, I will, I will, I will arise. So Psalm 31, 24 says, so be strong and take courage. All you who put your hope in the Lord. Remember I said again, you need to make confessions out of this. You need to say, I am strong. I am courageous. Amen? You need to say these things. You need to say that I know that my God, I've written this here, is with me wherever I go. You need to know that. Don't ever think you're out there by yourself. You know, you go somewhere and think, well, we prayed in church. But that was in church. Now I'm out in the world. I don't know if God can manage this. Well, obviously we're thinking that because otherwise we wouldn't even have a, you know, we wouldn't have a doubt. If we knew that God was with us, then God was greater than any circumstance, anything out there in the world that is always flexing its muscles and saying, this is the real world, we're the real thing, you're just religious, this is, and then you just go, shut up. You have no idea the things that you can bind in the spirit. That would take somebody off a rant. And suddenly they don't know what they were saying. And you know, you get one of those, what were we talking about again? <laughs> okay? You want that to happen to the bad guy. You know, they don't know what they were on about. You, a lot of it is because the Apostle Paul says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And if we know that, then we can bind the things behind the flesh and blood that's being a problem to us. That's extra. That's not this one. Okay, so <laughs> back to this. And I want to take you from this into what I want to talk about today. Romans 8, 18, the Apostle Paul said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know, he said, bring it on. Is that all you got? <laughs> okay, that's what this is saying. 
He's saying, for the glory that's waiting for me, this is nothing. Do what you will. You need to understand, family, and see, this is, again, we need to be eternal-minded in our thinking. I talked to you about this before, but we need to be eternal-minded. We can't be fleshly in our thinking, because flesh comes to an end. But you are going to live forever. This, you're just passing through here. This is a tiny drop in the ocean of time. Do you know eternity forever is nothing when you stay 100 years, even if you live to 200, okay, <laughs> whatever. Billions and billions and billions of years are still waiting in front of you. Trillions. I don't know. I don't have a number. It just keeps going. Are you with me? And isn't it sad or happy that everything that you do in this life is what you will carry into your next? If you do well here, you'll start and you'll do well there. Amen? Amen. We want to do well here. Okay. <sighs> Moving on. And that's why Galatians 6, 9, now we're getting to where we left off, all right? It, that's why the Apostle Paul says, let us not be weary in well-doing. This again is resilience. Let us not be weary. Don't ever kind of go, Ugh, what's the point? <laughs> okay, I'm tired of standing. Don't ever say that. You can say it on the inside, but don't ever say it out of your mouth. Do you understand? <laughs> don't give your position away to the devil. Can I say that? You are in a fight, dude. You know, don't get up and go, that's it. I They'll shoot you. <laughs> you won't finish the sentence. So it says again here, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, in due season, we shall reap if we don't faint. Now we're going to talk about fainting today. Oh, not fainting, fainting, but okay, all right. <laughs> I, I really love the New Living Translation in Galatians 6, 9. It says, don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get tired of it. You need to keep that confession going. You need to speak. You need to make sure that your mouth is, is keeping you on track. Do you know your mouth was put there to keep you on track, not get you in trouble? The Apostle James talks about a mouth that gets a person in trouble. <laughs> okay? You don't want that kind of mouth on you. You want the mouth that you confess the Word of God and that Jesus Christ is the high priest of your confession. Right. Whenever he, you say something, he goes, Amen, not, Oh, dear. <laughs> okay? Amen? <laughs> so he says again, don't get tired of doing what is good. See, again, this is, takes resilience. He says, don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. You just won't reap a little bit. It'll be a harvest of blessing. Amen? So let's go on and look at a parable. Luke chapter 18. This is what I promised you last week. Luke chapter 18. Let's begin in verse 1. It says, Then he, that is Jesus, spoke a parable to them, that men or women ought always to pray and not to faint, lose heart, and give up. Notice, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Okay? So he says, he's now speaking a parable to them. And he says in verse 2, there was a certain... There was in a certain city a judge. So once upon a time, there was a judge. I'm telling a story now, okay? <laughs> All right? So in a, 
There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard men. This is not God. Did we see the phrase? He did not fear God nor regard men. This guy didn't care about anybody. This is not a good judge. I don't know why people equate this to God when right at the beginning, Jesus says he doesn't care about God. Okay. <laughs> Verse 3. Now there was... I love Jesus' stories. And he goes, now, there was a widow in that city. So we got a judge that couldn't care less, and now there's a widow. Okay, these are the two main characters. All right, okay. And he says, now, there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. Obviously, somebody was opposing her. Okay, you know adversary? All right. So this is not a good person. And, verse 4, he would not... For a while. I'm telling you the story like Jesus would say. You know, don't ever see Jesus as boring. And he would not pray well because Jesus isn't like that. Jesus is very expressive. Where do you, get that? Where do you think I get it from? <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, he'd run circles around me. So, okay. So, you need to hear this, okay? Because everybody's hearing, you know, you go to a judge, an unjust judge, and you ask for, you know, for justice, they usually don't give it to you. And so he's, you know, I'm sure he just, he draws his audience in. He goes, he wouldn't. And they go, yeah, figures it for a while. He goes, oh, okay, what happened next? All right? And then, but afterward... He said within himself, God didn't talk to him because he doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about people. I really need you to see something here. He said within himself because he only listens to himself. Because that's all that is. There's self. Somebody forgot, it, forgot to teach him how to share his toys. <laughs> Every toy had mine on it and that was it. Hello, okay, and so he says here, he say, he, afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God, again, I don't fear God, nor regard men. So, you see, if he didn't fear God, means if God was talking to him, he wasn't listening. I, I want to make a point here, okay? So obviously he's not listening to God at all, nor do I regard men. He doesn't care about people, but he cares about himself, all right? Yet because this widow troubles me, I mean, the woman won't shut up, okay? I will avenge her. I'll go out of my way to do something because she's annoying me. That's right. Okay, all right? And he says, lest by her continual coming, she weary me. I mean, I go to the shops and there she is, all the way to the shops and back. You know, I open the window, take a breath of fresh air. She's down there going, hello. And I go, oh my God, you know. Oh, whatever I believe in. No. <laughs> so, I'm spitting everywhere. All right, so. <laughs> Verse 6. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. He's saying, listen to what he said. Okay, this guy says, I don't care about God. I don't care about her. But she's just driving me nuts. Just to get her off my back. I'm going to go do this. Jesus saying, hear that, hear that, hear that, hear that. And he said, do you understand that this guy did something for her just to save his own skin? He wanted her out of his life. She was annoying him. 
And then he says, now, on the other side, God is nothing like that. He's saying, if somebody like this could drive somebody like that, an ungodly person, to do something that was right, how much more do you think a righteous judge would do, especially if his own kids are asking? Let's read the verse. And shall not God, or shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? And it says, though he bear long, but the literal text says, will he keep putting them off? He says, verse 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. See, he didn't say he'll avenge them really, really slowly. And they'll have to beg and carry on for ages before he does anything. He's saying it is the exact opposite of this. He says, whereas that guy was slow, God is fast. Amen. And he's saying, I'll tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, and watch this now. Here is, here is where your resilience comes from. When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? If you don't have faith, you won't have resilience. We're doing a whole course on faith right now. And that's what faith is all about. It is resilient. It sees beyond what is in front of it. Amen? That's why it says we walk by faith, not by sight. Resilience is the same thing. It doesn't walk by sight. It doesn't care what it looks like. We need to go somewhere. We need to get something out. We'll get it done. I don't see failure. I see success. Are you all with me? <laughs> so I've said here, this little widow literally wore this unjust ju judge down because she just wouldn't take no for an answer. In the same way, we need to be resilient when it comes to fighting the fight of faith. That's 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, which literally says, fight the good fight of faith and standing our ground. And that's brought out in Ephesians 6, 13. Let's go there. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, he keeps saying, stand, don't give up. It's an evil day. There are things that are going wrong because it's a fallen world. And there is a God of this world doing everything he can to come against you and take you down. In any, you know, he'll use whatever he can to take you down. He will find the littlest thing, any weakness. That's why I said, don't open your mouth and tell him. You know, I just hate it when my husband... And he goes, oh, got it. All right, take a note. Now we'll get on the husband. Go on, leave your socks alone. Leave it, leave it. Oh, put one on the, yeah, and then leave one over there. And she just goes nuts. You told him. Don't get upset. Husbands, the other way for the wives. <laughs> yeah, don't say, you know, it drives me nuts when she, and you gave it away. Are we that dumb? We are fighting things we can't see that hang around us all the time. Are you all with me? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we do wrestle. We do have a fight. Amen? I've said even though when things don't always go our way, initially, <laughs> I did a Jesus. Okay? <laughs> even when things don't go our way initially, we are resilient. We need to be resilient. Because if we are resilient... We will find that we will have the presence of mind and of heart. Yes. 
to look beyond our circumstances and be led by the Spirit, listen carefully, to do what is necessary in order to experience victory in our lives. The Spirit will lead us into what we need to do to get that victory. In Hebrews chapter 12, there's no greater example than Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's go there quickly. Hebrews chapter 12. I want to read from verses 1 through 4. Hebrews 12, he says, Therefore we also, in verse 1, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you know that should be enough to make you resilient. You're not alone. You need to know you're not alone. I think sometimes we fare a little bit better when we know there are people on our side, when they're cheering for you. Amen? And he says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. You know, one of the sins that ensnare us is we, don't, we are not resilient. We give up. Do you know that is a sin? How do you know that that's a sin? Because that's what happened with the, the spies that came back with an evil report. And they said, we can't do this. Do you know that was a sin? It was an evil report. Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this, let's go right now and do it. Because they didn't want to allow fear to set in. Anyway. And he says, let us run with endurance. Let us run with what? Endurance. The race that is set before us. It's not a sprint. It's not like, okay, I'm going to hold my breath and run for 10 seconds and that's it. You know, they've got that thing now where you jog in the spot for like four seconds and you rest for some other seconds and you run them again. And apparently that, anyway. But, okay, we don't know what endurance is. Everything is just really, you know, let's see how quick, let's see how we can shorten it some more. And we keep shortening things and shortening things and McDonald's made millions on it. I mean, you didn't have to wait at all. You order at one thing, you go out there, you know, as uh, Pastor Andrew once said, they'll probably get to a place where they got, it's not just takeaway, they got chuck away. (laughs) You know, it's chuck a burger. You pray over here by credit card, and by the the time you race out, they throw it into your window and you keep going. Probably have one of those on the freeway. (laughs) Anyway, I'm, I'm playing with you. All right, okay, let's move on. Endurance. He says, let us run with endurance that is the, the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto who? Not the problem. Not failure. Not yourself. Not can I do this. Pause for effect. This isn't about you. <laughs> okay? That was a problem with those ten spies as well. They said, we can't do it. We look like grasshoppers. Joshua and Caleb said, God can do this thing. Let's go do it. So looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He, boy, I tell you, if there was somebody that was resilient, it was him. It says that he set his face like flint. He was going to go to the cross. Pete tried to talk him out of it. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. What he was going to do, he was going to do. Of course, he just checked right at the end if there was another way. (laughs) wasn't the best thing, you know. We sure we checked everything? Okay, all right, we got to do it, we got to do it. Nevertheless, that will be done. That was not for you, that was for him. 
but we can take an example off of him. If he can do what he did, then can't we? With everything going for us, because he died for us, we have so much more on our side. He didn't have that. We do. Are you all with me? He paid the price. We don't have to pay the price. But we, we are responsible for walking in the fullness of all the benefits and the provisions. And doing something with it. Amen? And he says again, For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. For you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. He goes, you think you have a problem? <laughs> you haven't got anything close to what he did. Amen? Now, I want to take us to Acts chapter 16. How much time do I have? Hey, Okay. I don't think I can do it in five. <laughs> I will do my best. It's a lot of verses. All right, Acts chapter 16. I'm going to start in verse 16 and read through to verse 34. I might stop in the middle. We'll see how we go. It says, now it happened as we went to prayer. Where were, now this is talking about Paul and Silas, by the way. Where were they going? Okay, this wasn't some sort of a rally. They weren't picketing outside the Roman government. I want to say these things, okay, because I need you to see something. They were going to prayer. They're minding their own business. They're going to prayer. You all get this? Okay. That a certain slave, as they went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Okay? Cash cow. Verse 17. I'm not calling her a cow. Just, okay. Never mind. Okay. Verse 17. <laughs> <laughs> this, I don't know how to recover from that. This girl followed Paul and us, that is Silas, and cried out saying, Oh, these men are the servants of the Most High. I mean, we got gods, but they're bigger than ours. I just want to tell you how it sounds, okay? Who proclaim to us the way of salvation? Oh, we need to be saved. Don't you know? We got problems. They got a bigger God than all of us, and they, they're telling us, we all need to get saved. From what? I don't know. You know, if you read this properly, it sounds really nice. But I, <laughs> I need to tell you what she's actually doing, because it was annoying them. If she said it in a reverential way, these men, mm -hmm, what was the word again? Okay, <laughs> are servants of the most high God. And they have, listen to me, they have come to tell us the way of salvation. Everybody drop your stuff and come and listen to them. Is how we read it. That was not, that was not what was being said. Okay, the spirit behind it wasn't God. Because it's going to get cast out. <laughs> okay? Alright, you need to see this family. Otherwise you're going to read this and think, what's wrong with her? Just leave her alone. That's what I was thinking the first time I read it. <laughs> okay? But I noticed something. It says, and this, verse 18, this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, notice, he didn't say to her, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The thing behind her he's speaking to now. All right? And Paul, it says again, said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. 
and he came out that very hour. Verse 19 is a problem. But when, so, I really need more than five minutes. I'll try to be fast, okay? I, I want you to see something here. They're going to prayer. They see someone that is possessed. They deliver her. I am thinking now, I am being a Sri Lankan, I am now thinking, okay, now, I'm thinking, God's going to go, oh, you're so good, I'm so happy with you, I'll keep you protected, I'll, keep, I'll look after you, nobody, by any means, shall touch you. Is what I will be feeling, I'll be thinking this. I'm in Acts chapter 16, sorry, alright, and I'm in verse 18, so Acts 16, 19. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the, into the marketplace to, to the authorities. I would be thinking right now, I'm talking about resilience. Resilience, okay? I would be thinking right now, most Christians would go, God, what is this? Where are the angels? Shouldn't they be there stopping everybody? They should have got in the way. Soon as these ungodly men tried to put their hands on us, there was a force field and they got thrown back. And we said, see, don't touch us. We're servants of the Most High God. Don't mess with this. But see, we're always looking for what will God do for us. Not what can we do for them. Remember when, <laughs> when the Samaritans didn't want Jesus and, and, and the apostles go, call down fire from heaven and kill them all. And Jesus going, man, we came to save him, not kill them. What is wrong with you? These are the apostles. Little halos, you know. You see them in the drawings, little halos. That's what they were thinking. Kill him, Lord. I'm really mad. How dare they turn away the Son of God and his disciples. That's what was really behind that. Amen. Never mind. Okay, moving on. I want to share this with you in such a way that you get what's going on here. Because we read this, we don't get what's happening. And we need to understand that sometimes things will happen because we're in a fallen world, because people are being led by the devil, because God so loved the world, He's looking for the right way to do this so that people get saved. And sometimes He needs you to be tough because out of that something good will come. Something good will come. Something good always comes. If you're resilient. Let's quickly read because I'm running out of time. I've run out of time. All right, let's quickly. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> when her master saw that their prophet was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities, verse 20, and they brought them to the magistrate and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. I don't know how they were going to prayer. And verse 21, they teach customs, customs, customs. They didn't say religion. They said customs. They teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or observe. What, 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 what's so Roman about having a possessed girl running around? I don't know. <laughs> Did Rome believe? I didn't think Rome believed in that stuff. Caesar would scoff at it. This is garbage, okay? Are you all with me? And it says, then the multitude... Rose up, <laughs> rose up together against them, and the magistrate tore off their clothes. These are weak-minded people, okay? Tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. See, even right then, you'd think God would just do something. 
as they raised their rod to beat them. Their rods turned into to noodles or something. It just could, they could, you know, come on, man. Are you all with me? Now, listen, as I was reading this, I had a thought. I said, God, can you give me a spin on this? And he goes, sure. <laughs> Always ask. Ask and you shall receive. You, you know, you have to ask, okay? I, I said, give me a little spin on this. He said, you know, if the apostle John was there, what do you think would have happened? I said, oh, that's a nice spin. I just think he would have said, no, thank you. And they wouldn't have been able to beat him. It would have been so hard. You know why? He had a revelation of love. I'm a child of God. You can't beat me. But, you know, listen, each one according to their gifts. Something is going on here and something is going to happen as a result of this. And I know I've run out of time. Do I need to come back next week? I don't want to leave in the middle of a story. Minus two. Keep going. Tough. We're going to keep going. All right. Everybody's nodding. All right. Mostly they're nodding. I won't look at the ones that are not nodding. All right. So... <laughs> and so, verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes on them, you know, you would have thought they'd stopped. Where's the favor of God? <laughs> Come on now. You know, can somebody be real here? All right? Okay. They threw them into a prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Ah, there's the person. That's what this is about now. All right? Verse 24, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison, fastened their feet in, in the stocks. But at midnight... Paul and Silas didn't have any resilience and they said, that. forget it, we're giving up the ministry. We're just going to go home, man. This is just pointless. No. <laughs> you go, wait, it's not in my Bible. Okay, don't, don't turn your pages. All right. No, they didn't do that. They were resilient. This is resilience. I need you to see resilience in action. Okay. At midnight, Paul and Silas, this is at the darkest hour, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God. How would you do that? After all this happened, most Christians would be whining right now. Where are you? What happened? I prayed and prayed and this now. What? I was going to pray. Next time I won't go to prayer, I'll go to somewhere else. <laughs> Get food or something. <laughs> okay. Gotta watch who I say. <laughs> so, uh, just saying, just saying. And they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. See? Because they didn't give up. They were resilient. They decided, forget about this. This is not about us. And we are never going to back off from believing God. We will not. Do you hear me? Suddenly there was a great earthquake, a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaking, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. And they said, that's it, we're getting out of here. Try to hold us. First chance we get, we're out, is not what they did. See, again, that would have been no resilience. What would you have done? Come on, be honest, be honest. If it was me, I would have said, oh, thank you, Jesus, I'm out of here. Obviously, you took the chains off so I could leave, didn't you? Or was there something else to it? Was there, you can't hold us. There's nothing that can hold us. We decide whether we want to stay or leave. We're going to decide to stay because somebody's life is, see, all right. The way they used to, the Romans, smart people, very smart people. You know, they don't want their soldiers and their citizens down in a jail every single day. 
watching over prisoners. I mean, what kind of life is that? So you know what they do? They take a guy that's been in prison for life and say, we'll, give you, we'll make you a deal. You stand here and guard all of them and we'll pay you some money. You'll never be out of prison. You're still there. We'll, we'll pay you money. You can look after your wife and kids and all. But if anything goes wrong, your life. Because that was the sentence. That's why they would take their own life, because that was the sentence. All right? So that's why this guy that's holding them is a prisoner himself. Do you understand? And so Paul and Silas knew that. They knew how it worked. They knew if they left, he would die. This is interesting. Resilience said, don't go, stay. You're loose, but stay. Something is about to happen that is miraculous. So what was going to happen? Look at all the events that took to get them to him. Okay, because he can't leave the prison. So God sent somebody to him. Bummer the way it happened, <laughs> but they got there. You, we need to be a little bit tough. Can I just say that? You know, we just go, oh, oh no, they were beaten. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Oh, gee, okay. Grow one, grow a backbone. You know, I mean, come on, guys. Let's just say, God, that was not a problem. <laughs> Whatever, you finished beating me? Are you tired? Go have a rest and come back. You can beat me some more if you need. <laughs> we need to be that kind of people. Uh, uh, we're not coming to this church again. No, we're going to another church. No, this is, I don't know about this beating business. No. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> and all the doors were open. Everyone's chains were loose. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep, I mean, verse 27, seeing the prison prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, because that's what they would do, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But call, uh, Paul, verse 28, called with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself or do yourself no harm, for we are all here. We are all here. Wow. Then he called for a light, ran in, and watch this now, it's turning, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Verse 30, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wow. Here it is. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, your actions speak so much louder than what you say. But when you do the right thing, then they will listen to what you have to say. Amen? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke a word, the word of the Lord to him. And to all who were in his house, verse 33, and he took them... The same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Isn't this beautiful? Verse 34, now when he had brought them into his house, he set foot before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. They're all still meant to be in prison because we're going to find out that the magistrate goes, go bring them from prison and they're not there. But I didn't want to go any further because I knew I wouldn't have time. All right, so none of this would have happened if Paul and Silas weren't resilient. Can I get amen on that? Because they, because they were, instead of complaining to God about their circumstances and their state of affairs, they chose to pray and sing to God. And by doing so, not only did they shake the foundations of what was trying to imprison them, but those who were put in charge of them as well. This is the power of resi resilience and the fruit 
that it produces. It produces fruit. Amen? It is the same apostle that says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I know. He says, in everything, give thanks. He, say, he didn't say for everything, give thanks. He said in everything, regardless of what you're in. Thank God. Praise God. Not for what you're in, not because you're there, but that he'll get you out. That he has a higher purpose. Something good will come out of this. Amen? Amen? And so he says, in everything give thanks, or the New International Version says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Obviously, he's, he, what he said, he did. Amen? And that's exactly what Paul and Silas did, because they were resilient. <laughs> they were resilient because they understood that the Lord was faithful. The Apostle Paul says, 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. I'm going to leave it here. I've got more, but I'm going to leave it here and come back. I think we need resilience part three. Okay. <laughs> There's a bit more I want to share with you. Because I need you to see the final part to all of this. And that is your resilience comes from knowing God loves you. Amen? That's next week. Let's have every head bowed, every head closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for all that we are learning. And I thank you, Lord, for each person in the sound of my voice, both here and online. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that they're not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word, because that's where the blessing is. And I thank you, Father, that you help them with this, you give them wisdom. And I thank you, Father, for everything, every seed that they sow, Everything that they go through, God, because they want to be an example. They want to shine. They want to represent you well. They want to show people that there is a higher life. That you bless their efforts. And bless them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.